everybody. Welcome to the Adult Babies Podcast, episode 102. 102. I am B. Yeah, 102. I am B. I'm Chick. And I'm Chris. What's up, guys? What's going on? A little different. We are in isolation. We're in isolation. We're talking to each other over uh, a program called Zoom. Exactly. A A program called Zoom. And we're doing it because... Me and B are neurotics and don't want to be near Chris. Correct. <laughs> I'm like a walking germ right now. But but you are more neurotic than I am. I am. I, I definitely I don't like how you bunch me in there because I wanted to have you guys here tonight. I would I I wanted I I need interaction. I don't know if I agree with that totally, B. You don't? But I I I you are definitely less neurotic than me. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm less neurotic than you. I definitely take the cake in the nerves in this bunch. So what have you guys been doing to uh, stay away from this virus? Well, as you can see myself, I am in my humble abode, my car. Yeah. And this is where I've spent probably half of my isolation. I believe and that. And quarantining. I definitely believe that. Ripping <laughs> cigarettes, smoking pot. You have an air filter in there or something? I got refreshers and I keep the windows open. But it always smells like pot. Like, have you ever gone into somebody who, somebody's house that owns a cat and it always, and it always smells like, smells like the litter box? Yeah. yeah. And they have no idea. They're like, no, I have a cat. It doesn't smell. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, they all smell. If you have a cat, all, nobody has a cat that doesn't smell. And they all swear up and down. No, not my cat. I take it's, care of the litter box. It's doesn't like everybody matter. think it your own matter. scent doesn't smell. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But I've been in complete quarantine mode. I don't want to hang out with my friends. I don't really want to be near anybody. And um, I actually went to Best Buy. It was probably, besides going to meet my pot dealers, the only time I go out is to get cigarettes at the gas station or I had to get something for my brother because he may be working from home. So I went to Best Buy. And Best Buy is nuts right now. I feel like Best because- Buy where you're definitely going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I was so, surprised that you were at Best Buy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I have to do my part in the family right now for everybody, you know, chipping in and doing their part. Is that and why you're brother... right now? <laughs> well, Quarantine yourself? I'm quarantining myself. At night, I come to the car. This is my humble abode. Well, you were doing but, that um, virus, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've Lysoled everything in this car. I feel very safe in my car. All right. But when I went to Best Buy, I had to go get an adapter for my brother's computers so he could work from home. And I went to the store and I was about to walk in and they stop you. There's a little bit of a line out there. And what they do is the uh, sales associates come out and they make sure that they have in stock what you want. If you don't, they send you away. They don't want browsing. They don't want browsing. They don't want anybody going in there looking for shit. It's... Know what you need. If they have it, you're allowed to come in. It was like one at a time. And the sales associate takes you in, shows you where the stuff is, and then gets it for you, brings you to the register, and then you're out. You're on your way. Wow. One at a time at Best Buy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was one at a time or as as the sales associates are free. So basically, (laughs) associate will take you into the store to get what you want. And you need to know what you want before you go in or else they won't let you in. Because Best Buy is not a place where people are like, I need to get to Best Buy today. 
It's it's one of the places that I would think should be shut down. It's not a well, necessity. I agree. The only reason why if like Amazon doesn't have something or can't get it to me in two days. And I agree with Chris on that, but with the homeschooling, I've realized like a couple was there and I was bullshitting with them online. They were there getting uh, UB. Were you six uh, feet away? What? Were you six feet away? Yeah, we were away. I wasn't near anybody. We How's were, that um, homeschooling? <laughs> <laughs> screaming to each other. Yeah, How do you get to know here. somebody six feet away? <laughs> <laughs> but they were um they were getting stuff too so they could have their computers adaptable for homeschooling basically all right like usb cables and adapters and laptops and shit that people need so i, I would honestly say after going there i realized that that's something that with everybody home they kind of need some of the shit at best buy did you tell the parents of the homeschool kid that their kid's gonna grow up to be a wacko no, not yet. I'll tell you one thing. By the look of these two, they're definitely off. Of course. Well, this is I mean, not collective homeschooling. Is that different? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Are they? I guess I ha everybody's homeschooling these days. Yeah. Everybody is. But you know what the thing is scary about the homeschooling is most of the people I know who have to now teach their kids aren't capable. But they're not. I don't think they're teaching their kids. I think the school is still <laughs> teaching the yeah, kids but the, but through the laptop, right? It's still but, the curriculum. It's still the curriculum, but you have to have people who don't know how to teach the curriculum now teaching it to them. Oh, okay. For like my kindergarten, you know, my nephew, it's okay because right. it's basic addition. So but, my brother, they have uh, his high school is posting assignments, kind of like an online college class. Like, hey, here's this assignment. It's due tomorrow at midnight type of thing. And yeah. college kids have trouble doing that. You think a kid in elementary school or the high school no. is going to be killing it? No, I don't. That's my thing. So, like, parents are just like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel bad for all, uh, I feel bad for the parents. I actually do feel bad for parents for once in my life. For once in your life. Well, the, the coronavirus has uh, grown sympathy inside of you. That's nice. It is. And you know what? I'm actually so happy now that we could record this show and I could smoke pot while we do it. This is the greatest thing for you. Just to sit in your car. You don't have to leave your house. By the way, you're also late to this, which is mind-blowing. He was late well, to the, the last in my defense, <laughs> I warned you earlier, I had to wait for my brother to get home because I yes. have to help out with the kids. I'm basically a parent now. Yeah. <laughs> you Coronavirus has turned me into a parent. You texted us that, and we were already on here. Yeah. Oh, did, did I? Yeah, yeah, we were talking for the last 20 minutes on here. Because yeah. we, we come here <laughs> on time. on time. But I told you I was going to be late. I got kids. You don't have kids. I got kids. Yeah. Um, well, I feel bad for those kids. For anybody who also... What's it like being a dad? Yeah, you, you feel... You feel I bad feel good. Him. It's rewarding. Is Seeing it rewarding? Them, when he does something good, I feel like it's because of me. Now, how much time are you spending with your nephews now? I'm with them 24-7. Wow. Are they We're in the trunk home. of the car right now? <laughs> no. Well, right now they're about to go to bed. So, my uh, so they're not with different. you now. So when, the, when they have to go to bed, all the stuff that... that so the only time I don't see them is when, they, when they're in bed until they wake up, basically. Okay. Now, are you, are you feeding them and, you know, taking care of them? I can't take most of the credit. My sister-in-law is doing majority of the teaching. I basically have them on recess. I help out So you're like the bit. old man with a whistle. Exactly. I help out a little bit with schoolwork and when my sister, my excuse me, when my sister-in-law is cooking or doing something, I'm throwing my hands in and helping out. Yeah. You're like the lunch lady. 
I, I'm like a teacher's helper. Yeah. I'm my sister-in-law's assistant. You're the teacher's helper that's like, I'm basically a teacher. I'm basically teaching these kids what oh, to I'm do. I'm a teacher? Oh, yeah, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm basically a teacher's assistant slash parent right now. Right. right. I'm the third parent and the teacher's assistant. Okay. And we're killing it. We're doing good. Yeah, no, I'm sure. The, yeah. the Chickalos are holding their own. We're, we're hanging in there. Everybody in the family's good. Everybody's safe. Right now, everybody's safe. We're a little split up because my brother and my parents are in Florida, and then the rest of us. Your parents. Are, your parents. When did they go to Florida? So here, man, my parents went to Florida. Well, okay, so they were in Florida all of January. They came home for a week, went back to Florida for a month in the month of February. Do they live in Florida, but they just come home <laughs> to check on you? They basically live in Florida from January to the end of March now. We have to make sure the house is secure. <laughs> yeah, let's go home and check on Chick. Dude, I've been doing household chores. I'm becoming a fucking a an adult 15 in this last month. <laughs> I could see that. I'm finally hitting my adulthood. Yeah. And I love it. And you know what I did since I've been such a good adult lately? I Can't bought myself imagine. a silicone bond. Oh. Now, for those of you who are just listening to us, you can't see it. But for those of you who have the pleasure to see us now, the pleasure. You, could, you could see that I'm holding it, and I could bend my bond without it breaking. It's, and it's, the gotta, easy, yeah. it's the easiest thing to clean now. I have literally the, the best bond. right out of it. What? You can clean the virus right out of it. I can clean the virus right out of it. Um, I'm... You know, everybody's stocking up on toilet paper, and I stocked up on raw cones and a bomb. On what? Raw cones, which is what I use to smoke my pot. I pack it. Oh, wow. I didn't know what a I raw cone was. 64 cones. I've smoked about an ounce in the last four yeah. days. So you get the nice cones. I get just the regular paper or the cones. See, the, the regular papers are too much, and there's more room for mistake. But the cones, you could just pack oh, it, okay. and it doesn't, it hits perfect. So for all you pot there, potheads out there, find a 32-pack of raw cones. It'll, it'll help you out for a while. It's You buy in bulk, and all you potheads, you can get your weed, and you can smoke it during this uh, containment that we're all in. Pass the time. Pass the time. It's the best thing ever. Good. Pot, watch a movie. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see you're finally growing up. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with you, Chris? Yeah, Chris. Uh, why don't I, you tell I, us? You're the reason why we're all quarantined. Yeah, let's get into this now. is <laughs> quarantined. Just been quarantining since the summer. He has. I've been quarantining forever, but Chris is so anti-quarantining. I'm not anti-quarantining. Let me explain. Well, you're a little, you're a little younger and more spry than us. I went to the city Monday, which is what started this for us, the the doing it remotely, because I thought it would be really cool to get like footage and i got a lot of still photos too of manhattan basically empty and i want to try to make it into like a less than 10 minute youtube video documentary thing um oh so you want to do a short one almost like a news clip oh i definitely didn't get enough to do like an hour no okay no i'm gonna cut it into 10 minutes <laughs> i have a couple people who agreed to do interviews with me um, and then I want to release it on YouTube, hopefully by the end of the month. And, uh, okay. yeah, just a you know. A so how was it in the city though? Did you feel nervous at all? Man, it was creepy. But were you nervous? 
I wasn't nervous. I mean, like, were you touching anything and everything? Not like going out of your way, but like. I actually have a substantial amount of Purell left, so I brought it with me, and okay. uh, you know, after taking the subway or whatever, which I did do, uh, I would just clean my hands and clean my phone, and so I was careful with that, and then I didn't really like hang out anywhere. I just kind of kept it moving, and I will say it was super creepy. I went to Times Square; it was basically empty. I was gonna say, how dead is the city? Is it sleeping? It's sleeping, man. It's sleeping. Times Square is basically <laughs> it's empty. Sleeping. The, the the city that never sleeps is now sleeping. Sleeping. Yeah. The subway was basically empty, and then I was down by uh, Washington Square Park and McDougal Street around happy hour. Bars were closed. No one was on the street. It, and I mean. You know, as like a. Did you go to McSorley's? No, I didn't. They've well, been closed in like 300 years. You think you would add that to your documentary? Would you go to the place that's been open for two years? What the hell are you doing? I didn't even think about that. That would have been a good thing to go no, to. Chris, see, you needed us to help you with this. We should have produced this documentary. You should have. But you wouldn't. What have kind of questions did you ask the bartenders? Uh, I didn't get the bartender interviews yet. I have a couple people from. The oh, you still have room. to go back out? No, I have a couple people from the tap room who said, you know, they're opening on like a limited schedule. Who said they'll sit down and talk? And then, um, and then uh, I actually want to reach out to Croxley's too, but um, I didn't right. want to go into any bars. There was like I don't blame you. First, I can't. Like, when you texted me that yeah. you were going to the city, I almost I was like, what is up with this kid? <laughs> I texted B immediately, like, what the fuck is going on? Why we have the one kid who's not scared at all of this thing? Listen, I, here's, why, here's why I'm not scared of it at all. Because if anything, I'll get it from my pharmacy job. That's the other thing that nerves me. You quit this job, and then you took it back in the time of crisis, hey, which what? I respect. I need the money. I, listen, <laughs> I respect it, and I think you're doing a good job. I mean, here my buddy's like... Hard, but- People are telling me, like, Costco's hiring, and I want as far away from the public as possible. No, I listen, you know, it's, uh, everyone's losing hours and losing money, and I have the opportunity to, you know, <laughs> don't have bills and stuff. And like, That's not a Corona right cough. This is why you're not allowed to smoke on the podcast. <laughs> why? Because it coughs? Well, because I cough. <laughs> Go on. But, uh, you I'm know, sorry, I have the opportunity to work, and I can't say no to that. You got to take it. You got to take are it. Doing a, a exactly. and, and listen, I respect the hell out of you thing. for it. Yeah. I'm a you pussy. I wouldn't do it. It's, it's medical service. You know, it's necessary. Yeah. But it was crazy because I've been wearing gloves at work. We can't get masks. Otherwise, I'd be wearing masks. But I don't want to touch anything. Why can't you get masks? You change your gloves. Nobody can get masks. They're gone. There's no masks. Oh, really? It's that bad, huh? They're gone. I thought there was at least another supply coming. Like, I figured There's some people were in to get coming, And they're going to hospitals first. Okay. Yeah. Well, I figured a pharmacy would be on the list, but. Last, bottom of the list. <laughs> um, how often today do you change your gloves? Uh, yesterday, I changed my glove about four times. Four times. But we got to be careful. you change it after every interaction? Well, luckily, so I don't know what the people, I don't work on the register or anything like that. Thank I'm God. Doing, um, I just count pills. So. What kind, huh? what kind of pills are you working with? What kind of pills you got? All the good ones. <laughs> good ones? Um, you should take some of those for us. You really can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you That's can. Kind of, it's kind of frowned upon. 
but you know, so my interactions are limited. So I would just change them throughout the day as a precaution, but I don't really come close to anybody. It so. says my internet connection is, is unstable. Well, what a surprise, Ben. Like, You're unstable. <laughs> And we also want to apologize for everybody ahead of time. Well, not ahead of time. We're already into it. But if this doesn't sound up to par, forgive us. We're we're doing this the best we can. And unfortunately, because Chris is so spry (laughs) and willing to throw himself into the lion's den, me and B have to stay away. Well, he's definitely spry. Uh, So what do we have lined up? For next week, are you going to be – is Chris in the clear next week, or do we quarantine him for a month? <laughs> I say – here's my thing. I like to take the quarantine advice, which is two weeks, and double it. But we could figure it out. Okay. I usually I like to do – I'm, like I'm like the dude from Kingpin. If it doesn't sound like shit, I like this setup a lot. I like it too, but I know it's not going to sound good. Yeah. It's it, yeah, it's definitely not going to sound as good as we would like and for the. It's it's hard to have a conversation through the internet here. I need it's people. In front of me. You don't feel the cues as much. There's no vibes. No. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a totally different vibe. Is right because when you're together, it's uh, you can it's easier to converse. Yeah. Is, is that a flow? Yeah, it's an it's an it's an easier flow, and you feel like. It's, I don't know, it's more of a, a show that we're doing as opposed to, like, right now I feel like we're having a meeting about the show. Right. Yes. Like we, we couldn't get together and let's sit there and talk about it. Yeah. But it, feels, it does feel like that, actually. By the way, I do like this whole thing. I was texting my other friends, and I said, this Saturday night, we're grabbing a drink <laughs> together, and we're going to grab it on the computer. Because it's nice. I feel like I am hanging out with my friends. Five years old. Can I be invited, B? Yeah, you can. Actually, grab it on the computer. But now I can hang out with you without having to go to the bar. That's true. That's true. I like that. This is gold for me. It is. But you know what? I'd like to talk to my friends about you, you know? So I don't know if you could be involved. You're you not going to believe this about me. podcast with. This guy, Chick. Uh, <laughs> he's like, what's it like working with Chick? Well, he's almost a parent now, so it's tough. He's, got he's a lot tough. Of I'm almost getting out. I'm almost growing out of the adult babies. I w- that would be fantastic. Is, is I, I welcome that. Adult, adults now, or yeah, just the adults. Uh, the just adults. the adults. Um, <laughs> have you thought about actually getting a job in this time, or or you just staying away, chick? No, I'm trying to get a job still, but no, I'm not even. But he's not taking interviews. <laughs> right, they come to me. <laughs> they no. have to come to me, and they're in a mask. I'm looking for jobs, but like. Previous to everything getting really crazy, like a week or two ago, I was getting calls back and eat, like pe- now I'm getting nothing. Like people aren't even sure if they're going to be working, let alone hiring yeah. new people. Nobody can hire but, right now. Right. Yeah, and that's the problem. So like I'm hearing a lot of people stressed because they might have to stay home from work and they're worried about their jobs. Yeah, and it's and not, that. That <laughs> it's not that bad. Not that bad. No, my beef with that is there's people like me who are never going to be able to get a job anytime soon. And, yeah, you're worried about staying home from your job. What about me? I what got nothing. You? I'm just saying. What about affecting, what are you saying? It's affecting everybody. Even the guys Nobody's that- got it worse than others. 
Yeah, that's... We're all in this shit together. Isn't that the case with life in general? Yes, but, like, I see people who think it's, like, oh, it's worse for me than it is for this person yeah, and that. Those people are You stupid. have to learn to stick in your own lane. You're always looking at other people. Who cares? Yeah, you know. It doesn't matter. Everybody has their own struggle. We have a struggle. We have a, we have a podcast partner that goes out into, the, into a <laughs> pandemic. You know what I've been wanting to ask you, Chris? We have you. We have me. Yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you, in our own way. Yeah, no, this is, this is true. But, like, Chris, when you made that decision, did, your, did you think about B and his immune system at all? Did you I think about me, Chris? I absolutely did. That's why I, did. I suggested Zoom. Can I tell you how happy we were that you suggested it? Because me and B were both too much of pussies to tell you that we wanted to do a Zoom. Listen, I don't want to. It would be irresponsible to go out and do that and then be near anyone who's at risk, which is not what I'm trying to do. You know? Can I tell you how relieving that is? <laughs> tell us. Yeah. It's relieving. Good. I thought That's Chris was almost trying to kill me. I know. <laughs> See, you. You. This is this is the thing with you. You take things from here and you bring it all the way to here. It's like. <laughs> You have no, there's no in between with you. There really isn't. There isn't. It's all enough to be trying to kill. Nutty. Like I agree. It's 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 like we should all be and I and 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 we all said we all you know told Chris like you're insane for doing that, but you right away jump from he's gonna kill us. Is this kid trying to kill us? <laughs> to like we'll be okay. Like let. And, and Chris is right. Chris was the first one that came with the idea of let's Zoom and figure this out. And, I, and I'm telling you, it was one of the best days of my life. I know. Well, this is already the best day of your life because now I'm worried that we're not going to be able to get him off the Zoom. No. Like, he's not going to be – this, this changes this. everything <laughs> for him. Once I realized I could hang out with people remotely. Yeah. Why well, ever leave? He's gonna you know what I hate about this? Podcasting studio in his car. He's going to have lights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a backdrop so it looks like I'm in, like, a city outline. I'll tell you what I, what's bothering me. The, the, your glasses, the, the odometer is shining off of your glasses. So, I, like, I see the, the, uh, your whole – Wait, uh, I can fix that, I think. No, you don't have to fix it. It's not bothering me that much. Yeah, hey, I didn't notice it at all. Every time, every time I talk, I see, I see his green light, his, his, uh, things light up. Oh, now they're gone. Oh, you can see them in there. there they are. Oh, I do see it. Oh. Yeah. All right. So this is the infamous spot that I talk about. This is where I do most of my hanging out. This is where you fell asleep? Yep. This is where I fall asleep. This is my stuff. Here I am, baby. And then here's my view. Wow, what a view. <laughs> All right. Neighborhood watch, baby. Like neighborhood watch. Remember, what? we're in audio format. Remember that. This will be video, but we've been down. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're we right. average we're... about four people uh, watching the video. <laughs> we do. We do have more episodes and views, that's for sure. Um. So uh, what else is going on? Is there anything else that I, there's literally nothing that I've been doing. I've been, I had a lot. I had to pay my therapist today, $120 to have a session remotely where we did it like this. Oh, so So now it's me and my therapist on a FaceTime. What? Wow. And you know what the worst thing is? What do you think you talk about during this? The virus? 
Exactly. I'm not talking about myself, really. There's not much going on. There's nothing going on. Well, the virus is stressing you out. It's stressing me out, but it's not even to like, I'm in, I'm not in panic mode. I'm just ultra safe about things over the top about it. Right. But I'm not in panic mode. But then again, you're the kind of guy that complains about it, but then he had to drop that money off for me yesterday. And he's like doing all the stuff that I'm like, you didn't have to do this today. And he's like, no, I did. I did. I know I got this dirty money as much as you like to do anything else. Wait, what? I like to complain. Yes. You love. I do like to complain. I just like this adds an extra element of your complaining. It does. And, and you kind of like that. Like you didn't have to give me that money yesterday. I have no need for it. The and longer I have the money, the worse it is for both of us. Yeah, but you can't, like, give it to your mom or something like that. Give it to somebody responsible. Even your nephew, for Christ's sake, he's more responsible. Listen, I could have kept it. I wanted to give it to you. Why should you have to wait longer? No, no. What you wanted to do was roll past my house and be like, now you're making me give you this dirty money. I'm holding God knows what's in this money. That's what you wanted to do. You wanted to No, because you told me it had to be cash and it couldn't be Venmo. I told you that. A week ago, two weeks ago, when I was supposed to be on vacation right now. Didn't the text say Venmo was fine? I thought the text said Venmo was fine. No, he never said Venmo was fine. No, definitely not. No, I no. wanted the money to go on vacation. Huh. I didn't want to know Venmo. He wanted dirty, filthy money, not cash. I mean, not... I uh, but I told you, it could have waited two, or four weeks. You, you could have put that in isolation, that money, whatever. I didn't. I should have Lysoled it. You could have Lysoled it. I Lysoled it when I put it it in my house. I made my sister-in-law Lysol an Amazon box we got the other day. What'd you get? What? Yeah, she got stuff for the kids. Oh, okay. You literally Lysoled an Amazon box? Chris, it's in the house. Anything in the house needs to be Lysoled, in my opinion. You should be Lysoled. I should be. I could. If I would, I I would do it. You could just take a shower. You don't have to lice yourself. <laughs> no, I do. I shower. I wash my hands so much. My fucking hands are starting to bleed. Yeah, he showed me his hands the other day. It's, oh, my hands are getting real dry, too. Like, I put cream on it, too, and it doesn't help. I wash it so much. Yeah. I just, I've always been an erotic. Like, I was going to tell you guys before, and, I'm, you know, I saved them for this. Big when news, I was I've in, always been an erotic. You're I've been an erotic since I was <laughs> a fucking, a little boy. And when I used to go to religion, there's two stories I have about my neuroticness. We used to get carpooled to religion when we were in like grade school. Okay. And they would, different parents would pick us up. And I would always be nervous that the people who were supposed to pick us up were going to be late or leave us stranded there. Like for no reason, nobody ever left me anywhere. I never didn't get picked up. I have no idea why. Who would you complain to? It would be like my friend's parents, and I'd make sure my mother and they, all the parents knew that, like, Tom's going to freak out if you're late. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, I was a mess, bro. I've been neurotic about things my whole life. I used to always think I had whatever sickness was like in the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if this happened when I was then, I would have had all the symptoms. Yeah. So, I as feel bad as I am now, it's more under control. I'm just over the top trying to be clean. How are you during SARS? No, it was fine because it wasn't really here, was it? I don't know. No, SARS wasn't. I was like six. I, yeah, that that wasn't like this. The, the, nothing was, we've we haven't. Nothing's been like this, bro. We've never seen anything like this. Like this. this is a, on a different level. 
I used to get mad nervous about Lyme disease because one of my buddies got it. So every time I would go in the woods, I'd come home and like strip down and search my whole body. You ever get Lyme disease? Nope. Most of the things I get nervous about have never happened to me. That's good. Like, B, if I grew up with you, knowing you had bad kidneys, I probably would have thought my kidneys sucked. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like, that's the type of nerves I had. So, like, one night, I went to Outback, and this was in high school. I was in ninth grade. And I lost 50 pounds in a month and a half. I was as skinny as I've ever been. I looked great. And it was because I went to the Outback one night, ate Mm -hmm. something, maybe that blooming onion, who knows? It was probably that blooming onion. I love it. And it didn't sit right with me. I had a little sick, I had a little virus. I was sick for maybe a day or two. After that, I was nervous that anytime I went out somewhere, I would have to use the bathroom. So I would basically sit on the toilet for like half hour, hour, nothing coming out. Try, and I'd always think I had to go to the point where for my football season, I wouldn't travel with the team. I would have my mother drive me to the games just in case I had to stop to use the bathroom. Do you think, the, you think your head coach maybe spiked your uh, blooming onion just to get you off the team? My head coach was my father. Do you think it rings true? Do you think your father rings true? I used to miss the bus religiously going to school because I would think I'd have to go to the bathroom while I was on the bus stop, run back to my house, use the bathroom to no like no event, nothing happened. What like, are we talking about? Number bus. one or a number two? Number two. Who cares if you got to pee? You got to pee. It doesn't matter. I had a well, kid. Well, no, I'm just checking. Classes. But and you would go back and nothing. Nothing, bro. I would sit on the bathroom. I wouldn't even, like, fart. It was just, like, a, 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 a phantom stomach pain. It's so almost like you're, you're nervous about, like, leaving the house. And having to shit when I was out. But, but you didn't have to. But it was something inside you telling you. That I, exactly. Was sort of in knots, just leaving the, the house. To the point where all I would do was eat binding foods. Binding foods? Bananas. So you'd shit out. Coast. Right? Like, I wouldn't eat shit that I thought would screw up in my stomach. Right. I wouldn't eat past a certain time. It's the best diet of my life. I lost 40 pounds, and I was skinny. I got to find a picture with, like, me with no shirt off in ninth grade. I was in tip-top shape. You were also in better shape before that, too, though. I wasn't in as bad a shape, but I was always a little round mound. Like, I was a little pudgy kid. Yeah, but I remember young you. Like, I think I even had pictures somewhere. Yeah, that's ninth grade chick who was deathly afraid that he was going to shit his pants all the time, even though he didn't. Oh, okay. So, before this, growing up, you you were like a chubby kid? I was a small, little chubby. I wasn't skinny. I wasn't fat at that growing up. I was like a chubby kid. Okay. Husky. Husky. Yeah, I was a little chubby kid. You know, when I was super young, I was skinny, but like then I was always a little, but I was always active. And then after the sickness, when I finally got better from it, is when I slowly started to gain weight and never looked back. Never looked back, baby. I'm not going back to that. Motivational story. And I never looked back. And now I just like, I don't get nervous as much about things. I still get nervous about things, but it's not as debilitating as that was. Do you have any? debilitating stuff still left in your life something that really just you can't handle um like you mean like as like as far as my anxiety yeah 
nothing that's debilitating. I think I had it for so long and went to therapy for so long that I'm very self-aware and able to cope with it better now. There was a time, wasn't a, I, I, around, I don't know how many years ago, you didn't leave the house at all, right? Well, that's so, yeah, that's when I eventually started getting like actual anxiety as opposed to like these little spurts of like random nerves. I got it every day. I thought I was going to die. I have a heart attack. I got my lungs x-rayed. I got my heart checked out. Everything. I, was, I thought everything was wrong with me. Were you feeling I would have anxiety every time I left my house. Now, Chris, did you know this about him? I did not know that. Yeah, there was a time, because I remember hearing about it. And, you know, you hear it like third party. Like, yeah, chick, you know, he's all messed up. He hasn't left his house in, in like a year. And Well, for those I, who don't know, I could get into it. We got nothing else to talk about. Yeah, I would like to know more about that. So it all started one night with a friend of ours, downtown Ian. Downtown. I'm not forget, we went out, we smoked pot. This is when I was 20 years old. No, I just turned 21. I'm sorry. Scratch right. that. Yeah, that makes more sense. I just turned 21 and me and uh, downtown Ian, we smoked some pot and I just started like freaking out. And I'll never forget it to this day because he asked me if I wanted a cigarette or something. And I was like, I don't feel that good. I'm going to pass. Like, I'm going to go home. Can I interrupt one second? Sure. I just want to say I've had kind of panic attacks in front of downtown Ian. And uh, there is nobody better to be around than Ian if you're, if you're feeling a little wonky. I don't know if you had the same experience. I wasn't in full-blown attack yet, and I didn't know anything of it at the time, so okay. he wasn't really around for that. I'm I was, that. Because I was with him when I thought I was going to pass out one night or one day. It was, like, really hot out. I think we were in Brooklyn. And he kind of helped me. Uh, He's a very level-headed, calm yeah. person. I don't mean to interrupt. So, I just want to say no, that. No, no. And listen, I, I, I think if, he, if it happened, that he would be a good person to be around because of his demeanor. He's very level-headed, calm. He's not yeah. – he won't – there's a, there's a He few won't people. escalate your panic. Exactly. He, he doesn't – and he takes it seriously. Yeah. He doesn't overlook it. He's a, he's a mature enough person to be around. When you there's a few stuff. people in my life where, I, I, you know, I've dealt with panic issues too, and that I'm like, I will be, I'll be okay with being around them, and uh, downtown is one of them. Oh, but I'm sorry to interrupt. I just, I could. No, I first... and I agree with you. There's a lot of people who you don't want to hang out with yeah. because if the situation arises. You have no faith in them taking exactly. it serious or being calming at all. They'll escalate it and make yep. it worse. I have like maybe four of those people that I could think. We of. have a we have a pretty good group. I think yeah. as far yeah. we you know we hang out with a lot of the same people. Like we we're, yeah. we're we're pretty lucky with the friends we have. Definitely, definitely. in that regard. By the way, wouldn't um, trust anybody in this group here. But you know that's. I should be number one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go on. I, I didn't mean to. I will tell you. So let me, I'm going to get into the whole story of why Please. I am the way I am. So I'm 21 now, and this happens at night. So I get home that night, and I'm sitting in my room, and I am just slowly snowballing this effect in my mind that, like, I can't breathe, something's wrong with my chest. You know, I've always had these nervous issues before, but they've never been, like, this – renowned where I, my blood pressure, like I was starting to actually physically feel like I was fucking having a heart attack. So a few months prior to this, a good friend, uh, one of my, my good friend's buddies who I know and played softball with passed away. Okay. And he died from, I mean, he was messing around with some drugs and stuff and he died in his sleep or playing NH. The thing was playing a game and it like the game, like they found him in the middle of the game. 
Oh, God. So I never forget, like, just thinking about it and thinking about it that night. Like, what happens if this is going to happen to me? You know, I just smoke pot, you know, even though I'm not doing any serious drugs, because I wasn't, and I, I was just getting nervous. So I'll never forget it. I went up to my parents' room. I woke them up. Like, my dad had a blood pressure thing. They took my blood pressure, and it was, like, through the fucking roof. So after, like, a couple hours, my parents were like, you know, this is probably just anxiety. And this is literally the first time this has ever happened to me. So I had no idea what you it was. You told them that you were smoking pot? Yeah, they knew. I, my, they parents, my parents have known I've smoked pot since I got suspended in school in 10th grade. So um, they, I wind up having, like, two hours of, like, them talking me off the ledge and calming me down. So I finally go to sleep. Now, this is where my personality takes something and the domino effect starts. I can't let that happen and wake up the next day and everything's fine. Right. So you wake up and at first, before your mind clicks in, you feel fine. I had, um, I had to go to, I had jury duty. This is why, for whatever reason, day? I remember. What? The next day? The next day, I had jury oh, duty. That doesn't this help. is the only reason why I vividly remember when my anxiety started, how it started, and why it escalated. So you know jury duty, you have to go. You get in trouble. Yeah. And I'm yeah. young. I'm 21, so I'm not playing around with this shit. By the way, you so know when like, you have a job, you have to go to or you get in trouble. You don't seem to follow those rules. <laughs> no, I do, but <laughs> I'm more likely trouble. like, fuck it. If my boss wants to fire me, fuck it. I'll find another yeah. job. But jury duty, it's like, oh, if you don't go, well, you can get in trouble. I'm young. I don't know any better. Different kind so, of trouble, too. <laughs> but you also don't – I didn't know you could call in sick or try and get a – like, I didn't – I was young, man. I didn't know anything. So – I go, I'm on my way to jury duty, and now I'm starting to feel the panic. Like, I feel the anxiety coming into on, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Never had this before. Again, I keep on reiterating that because now I know what it is, and I could react. When you first have it, it's the scariest shit in the world. Yeah. So now I get to jury duty, and we have to sit and wait. And, like, you can't leave. You can't talk. People, they're announcing numbers. You're, like, almost in a meeting. You know, like, you're in an enclosed situation. So I remember I just got up and I went up to one of the desks that were people were there and like um, people who worked there. And I was like, I told them the whole situation. I wasn't lying. I said, I, I don't feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. And the lady was nice enough and they gave me a postponement. On the way home, I started freaking out even more. And from that day on, I 24 seven for about, I'd say a solid year. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack or die almost every day. Wow. Like every day. And to the point where I stopped going to school. Like I, I couldn't even, it was, I was lucky that it was in the summer. So school had just ended, but right. I, I withdrew from my classes in the fall semester. I basically quit my job. Well, the job that I was having, I, you what know, were you, I could, what were you doing at that point? This is when I was working at uh, the, the gambling place. Oh, okay. I basically left this place for a year or two for about a year or two of my life. Everything that I had to do stopped. Just went on Everything. Pause. It just went on pause, basically. Because every time I tried to leave my house, I would have a fucking panic attack. Every time I... The coronavirus pandemic is like uh, an old hat for you. You've been through it. I had been here before. <laughs> and it's crazy. Dude, my friends would call me and try and get me to go places. Uh, one of my best friends was like, dude, let's just go to Best Buy. Get out of the house. Yes. I went to Best Buy, had a full-blown panic attack in Best Buy. I was like, dude, I got to go. And this is down the block from my house. You know, it's on Hempstead Turnpike. It's yeah, not far. Right 
I fucking, then I had, um, my buddies were like, dude, it's getting ridiculous. Like, you got to come to a Met game. So three of my friends were like, doesn't matter what you say, we're taking you into a Met game. And they are actually Big T, who was on our show. My good friend, JB, who's a listener. What's up? And then my other buddy, uh, Dervin. Uh, my other buddy Chris and he would they were all, we were all in the car going to the Met game right I haven't seen Durbin in a while how's he doing Never. he's a good guy he's doing well man you know I'm sure he's hurting right now with hockey being cancelled you know he plays yeah. and does all that shit but sorry I keep interrupting no it's listen I don't mind interruptions unlike you <laughs> look at him I couldn't even get a smile out of this kid but um I checked my phone. I didn't even so hear I'm you. on my way to a Met game I'm driving because now with this anxiety I'm the one who wants to drive I don't trust anybody well, you quit smoking at this point too oh that's right the night it happened I forgot to mention that I was smoking pot every day like I am now from when I was 14 oh, to 21 stopped. I stopped that night I quit cigarettes and pot didn't smoke pot for five years yeah what from five? 21 to 26 years old I never smoked any pot yes wow I quit literally cold turkey because of oh, one anxiety attack. Hot, man. Dude, and cigarettes. I didn't smoke. The cigarettes I started back like a year later after I was convinced my lungs were back to normal, like they weren't really bad. So I started smoking again. Yeah. But they when I was so, what? They rehealed. It re well, I went and got so many tests because of the anxiety. They had a, for me to, to realize that it was anxiety, I had to rule out all of the physical. You had to be sure that you were okay. Yes, I had to make sure my heart was okay, my lungs were okay, you know, my brain, everything. I went on, I mean, I got every, to the point where my doctor even told me, if I, if I'll, I will agree to this last test, because he knew it was anxiety. He goes, I will agree to this last test if you agree that this is the, like, you won't even ask again for anything else. That you'll admit that it, me of? What? Remember Zeta Sultanfus from My Girl? Yes. Remember in the beginning, all she does is just go to, because her dad is a mortician and all she's obsessed with death. And she, yes. All she does is just go to the doctor and the doctor's like, I'm sorry, Zeta, there's nothing wrong with you. And she leaves. And, exactly. Know, Dude, that's but, what it is. Yeah, I had to see two doctors. I went to one doctor. I didn't like how he questioned me the first time. I felt like he wasn't thorough enough. Went to a different doctor, found a guy I liked a lot. I went to about four. He, dude, I'm a young kid. He put me on Xanax right off the bat. Didn't yeah. ask me any questions. Oh, I don't like that. It's not a good approach. I, I good wasn't approach. I wasn't happy with that. That should be so like I wound up going to another doctor and I like this guy a lot. He had a thorough meeting. You know, he was convinced it was anxiety, but he knew that I have my issues, obviously. So he let me get tests to kind of further that it was anxiety, like to prove his point. But real quick, I want to go back to the Met game real quick. So yeah, this yeah, is this is still before all this shit even really happened. Because for about the first six months, I didn't want to see a therapist. I didn't want to take medication. I was completely closed-minded, like, this shit will pass. So my friends are like, let's go to a Met game. So we're driving, and I'm driving specifically. And all my friends noticed that I'm getting real fidgety in my seat. I'm putting yeah. my head in the window. Like, the window's wide open, and I'm basically driving like Ace Ventura. Yeah. Because oh, I feel like I can't breathe. My chest is tight. So like one of my and it's one of the, the funniest way. stories to this day because one of my big T in the back, he offers for somebody else. He goes, "Chick, if you don't feel good, pull over and Dervin will drive." He didn't say he'll drive, and Dervin looks at me like, "Uh, all right." 
dude, I darted across five lanes on uh, the LIE. Like, there was no cars in the road. It almost got us killed. Holy I didn't care. I had to get off. And I pulled over and fucking, we had a new driver. And they refused to turn around, which I thank them to this day. Because it does help prove that it will pass. If that yeah. was my parents or even, like, you know, if I was just me, I would have turned around. I wouldn't have went to the game. Yeah. And, and now you, they you made, made through the game. They told me, like, we're not turning around, dude. Durvin will drive. Like, what, it is what it is. And, like, these are people I trusted. They were my, you know, these are close friends of mine. Right, yeah. And I was like, fuck it. And I wound up having a good time. I was nervous the whole game, but it, the, the, the major anxiety died down a little. And I was able to kind of push through it. But to this day, it's something that's funny because I stopped playing softball games. I stopped going on the softball games. I couldn't travel to the games. So your life was pretty much thrown all over. You, know, yes. you, you stopped everything. Mm-hmm. Stopped everything. And do you know what? There's like a major turning point in your life. To well, I think I was a much more confident person. And I was, uh, I was just, dude, my life was in a much better direction prior to this than it was after it. It really, I don't use excuses and I'll never use it as a crutch of where I am to where I am because I've made a lot of bad decisions after this, but this severely killed school for me. I couldn't yeah. sit in class, dude. So for about a year and a half, I was just wasting time in school, going to class, leaving class. I couldn't stay in school. I couldn't focus. I didn't do my work. Like, I was a mess, dude. All I cared about was my anxiety. That's really all I was focused about every day for about two years. It took me a year to see a doctor. It took me about a year and a half before I was willing to try medication. And then, you know, another six months to find the right medication, to find the right doctor that you want to talk yeah. to as a therapist. So I'd say for the first two years when I really wasn't helping myself, I, my life was on complete pause. I fucked up in school. I had no work. I... Dude, I, I would have, if my parents went somewhere, my cousin would come by to hang out with me. I was yep. like a baby. I didn't want to be home alone because I would freak out and feel like I was having a heart attack. My whole family was on basically uh, 24 hours, you know, they were on call. Every single one of them. I'm talking about cousins, everybody. If I freaked out and somebody wasn't around, I would call somebody else and I would go to my cousin's house a lot. I had to be surrounded by family. family. Your family's always been there for you. Yes. And that's why I'm a very strong family oriented person. And it was nothing against my friends because they would try and help, but they right. don't understand and they don't have the empathy, I guess, because they, you know, you have your own lives. Listen, it's, it's not hard to understand, especially at that age. Exactly. These, yeah, these are all young kids just thinking like, what right? the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You'd have no idea. I remember yeah. hearing about it and I was like, geez, I hope he's all right. Yeah. But like, at, Dude, at that point, I, you know, I didn't see I, my I've never dealt for, with it. Myself. I didn't hang out with anybody. Yeah. I talked to people. People would call to check in, but I didn't talk to anybody for two years. I remember hearing about it, Chick, and I remember, I guess he's off the reservation. That's all I remember. Yeah, and I, was, I was basically done for about two years. And then once I started finding a therapist that I, that I liked and I trusted, and I Did got on a good medication. a therapist? You have I to went through you. three different therapists before I found the one that I went to. And, then did and it, the one that I'm seeing now is different than that person, and this is my favorite one. Okay. Did, did, it, but, like, did you come back slowly, or were you like just one day where you like, boom? Oh, no. It was, this, dude, it was five years. I didn't, wow. my life didn't get back to normal to how it was previous to it until I was 26 years old. Wow. So it was like a trickle. You were just. <laughs> dude, I didn't go travel to see my family on Christmas because I didn't want to drive to Staten Island with my family. 
I stayed home on Christmas. There was numerous holidays that happened too. My whole family was crushed because they didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, the only person who could help yourself in that situation is yourself. But because you got to be willing. what you're feeling. It's, it's so yes. inside your head. And nobody, everybody, it's easy for people to tell you that it's, it's in your head. It's not real. It doesn't matter what they're telling you. When you're having a panic attack and somebody tells you to calm down, you want to punch them in the face. There's no, if I could yeah. calm down, I wouldn't be having anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's what I'm saying? Funny. Relax, relax. So there's certain people, like B says, you don't want to be around because they don't under, and it's no fault of their own. They don't know how to handle it. Yeah. I have, I have a, like a specific friend that, okay, Noah, you know, Noah, he like is always, he's somebody I can always trust with if I'm in a downward spiral with, with yes. these things. And I have my person was Maddie, Maddie C. Maddie C. And see, and and that probably added a so, whole. And that's why, and that's why I say there's a domino effect, and you know where I'm going with this, yeah. to where things and my life has spiraled down a path that I never envisioned it to. Yeah. So like where I am today and the person that I am today, you never, never thought, thought I would. But you I never, never thought, thought I would be in this uh, position, or be like this. But you never thought you'd be a big radio star. Come on. No, I never. I'm not even knocking it, dude. I love who I am. I'm, I'm I love who I too. am, and I'm. But I'm not. There are certain things about my personality that I lost because of my anxiety, and then Maddie C. in in down the line. Yeah. But so after I started taking medication and going about your personality, I wish you lost. Yeah. You know what? There's certain things I gain that I think are awful. Like I'm a dick now. I'm generally a cynic and angry, but. Yeah. That's a whole nother, uh, I more or less hate people before they prove me to like them than like them until they make me hate them. There's a lot of people that, I know that are like that. And I, I never got that. Like that too. Yeah. Do you think that, that, that came from just being inside for years? No, I think that came from certain people not understanding how it is for you and just judging you for where you are in your life and not realizing there's reasons. And okay. just assuming you're spoiled. Listen, I come from a, I'll, I'll come out and say, I really don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I have a family that my dad did very well. Didn't have a rough childhood, had a very lucky upbringing. And I was very fortunate. And Your I still am to this day. I was thinking you had the runs at the bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, so everybody <laughs> thinks that, right. but no, but the, the point is that people will come at me and be like, you're where you are because you're, you know, I've had, you're waiting for your parents to leave you the house or you're waiting for this. By the way, you've had that on this very podcast. What? You've had that conversation on this very podcast. Yes, I've had this conversation on the podcast. And I choose not to get so defensive because I always say perception is reality. And I did make a lot of bad choices to get me where I am. Right. So I, I can't blame any, it's not like everything that happened is to blame, but after the anxiety, the main person that helped me, he was like my crutch, the one person that you could talk to with judgment-free. And not that any of my other friends judge me. I have a great group of friends, mm -hmm. but he got it more than most. And he gave me a type of support that I got from him that I didn't get from most other people. Right. So when he wind up, that Chris may not know this, at the end of my anxiety, when I finally was getting better, about four- broke out of it. I finally broke out of it. You know, I started- I don't want to say like, oh, I started smoking pot, but the nerves were gone and I was able to do things without worrying that I was going to die. Around. This is when I started seeing you again. 
Exactly. That's with why, that. and that's what I was saying. There's a lot of relationships with people. I disappeared for I disappeared for about four or five years. Yeah. The only people who saw me were people who went to MERS because MERS was like my safety zone where I'd go to see people and I wouldn't freak out. And I knew if I did, my house was three minutes away. And were you playing darts at MERS? Yeah, I was playing darts gambling. That's good. That's good. So this whole time I became a gambling addict. I was home all the time. And I used to work in a place that well, I knew I never wanted to gamble. But once I was home all the time with anxiety, barely working, but, you know, I was just gambling, getting into debt that I couldn't afford. I had nothing to do. I became an addict and other, I found other vices and things to make up for the lack of smoking pot and cigarettes and all that. And when I finally started able to go out and travel again and, you know, get on planes and, and do all this stuff that I couldn't do for four or five years, the closest person I had passed away. And then I just became very angry and bitter. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of the anger and, and stuff I have was because of, you know, you get mad, you, you lose yeah. your, your, you lose your person. It's, it's not, you know, I'm still not over it. And then you start having anger towards other people because of it. And then before you know it, I'm a very angry, cynical, you know what I mean? Like, I don't blame it on that, but I, I've just made, I've done a lot of self-destructive things after all this has happened. And, you know, it's where I am, and now it's why I am where I am. But, you know, it is what it is. I am, listen, I'm not on a suicide watch. I'm not fucking miserable. I'm not, I'm not the happiest kid in the world, but I'm not really miserable or anything bad. I mostly have a pretty good mentality. But the anxiety shit was crazy, and people don't realize, you know, those who were closest to me do, because it's so far in, in the past now that I, I didn't leave my house for a solid four years, probably. Well, I mean, I went out little places here and there but it was a struggle. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. That's, that's like, and that's why I drive everywhere. I'm a control freak. I like to be in control of, cause I don't, I didn't trust people that if I had an anxiety attack to take me home. To do but right. meanwhile, I probably should have went and not went home because it would have real, you know, it would have got through it quicker. Yeah, you know, push yourself well, through. In hindsight, there's nothing, you know. In hindsight, you know, yeah, I, I probably should have went out more and, and really pushed the envelope, but I was so like an obsessive person. Like what? You said, when you're going through that, yeah. your mind does crazy things to you. And exactly. You can't, you, you can't argue with what your mind is thinking. Yeah, you can't reason with, like, what you were feeling at the time. That's not Yeah, and yeah. even when I talk about it, like, I was just listening, like, I don't know how... <laughs> timeline-ish that was for people if they understood the timeline of when things happened but like even when I'm thinking about it I think about all the things that happened right after it and different things that pop out where it was just like I you could sum it up where five years I could barely when I first started working at Sherwin was probably when I started working there and even though it ended terribly yeah. was one of the jobs that helped me get better because I was a driver and I was forced to drive places and battle through anxiety while I was driving. Numerous yeah. times in that first year, I probably, I almost quit because I couldn't drive places. Where they would, my buddy who hired me, which I, I love him to this day, knew about it and it's what made it easier. He would send one of the other employees with me sometimes on drives if he could do it to help me. Yeah. So I always will say that Sherwin, and then I work my balls off, I work my way up. And then the... And how did you treat Sherwin for all this? Irrelevant. Well, like I said. Irrelevant. <laughs> I wound up having a lot of gambling Different issues. Story. I did some stupid things. And then 
when my buddy passed away, I was still working there and I basically threw in the towel on life and just yeah, did not yeah. care about anything. And I blew that job and I haven't really bounced back since. But you know what they say, man? What? What, what do they say? The comeback um, is greater than the setback. Hey, listen, I never gave up. The situation. The one thing I will say is I'm still trucking. I'm still here. I'll never give up. I always, you know, I'll be the first person to advocate for depression, anxiety, and, you know, talk about it and tell people they need to talk about it. But it's something that um, I'm glad happened to me, even though my life sucks to an extent right now. You know, I'm 36, living at home and, you know, unemployed. It Isn't could be a lot worse. No, and that's what I'm saying. It's not, I'm not miserable. Bad. I mean – you have a good life. You enjoy it. Yeah. For the most and part. I'll be back, baby. I'll, it's not like I'm going to be unemployed be forever and be in this situation forever. You'll be back. You'll always be well, back. That's the, the, every time we talk about something like this, like you have so much hope. Like you're not going you to give up. Like, yeah, because you know what? It's easier to quit and really just say this is going to be it. I'll be in this house. And, you know, when everybody goes, I'll, you know, <laughs> until my time's gone, I'm just not going to do anything but stay here. And yeah. people you probably know, think that. And that's why I say this perception is because, like, when Taylor did say that to me, that perception is out there because he even knows what I've been through, but they don't think about it like that. And you know what? Excuses are for shit. But do you think that perception is out there, or is that just you overthinking that? Too? I think I, I think I am guilty of overthinking I it. I never thought about that. I mean, I think, I think I am guilty of overthinking it, but I do think it's out there because I've had comments that have – came to me and it was like that's basically what they said yeah yeah but you know but i don't blame people for viewing that because i've made a lot of poor choices also, i don't this is why i don't get mad at it i used also, to get mad if, if you were to switch this if, it, if you were if you were doing really well had a different situation and there was some guy out there i guarantee you'd be like look at this guy he's living off his parents you just wait like the That's, yeah. people, Listen, like, you none of us know what me. somebody's really going through. So it's yeah. easy to look, and I'm guilty of it. There's nobody who's not guilty of it. We are all guilty of it. Absolutely. I still do that, like, sometimes. Absolutely. And I'm in that position. You catch yourself, and you're like... You catch yourself. Yeah, I try yeah. not to be. I really yeah, try not. not to be. Yeah. But, you know, we're human, and we make mistakes, and... People judge people, and that's why maybe I am harder on myself because I know that I'm, I'm harder than I should be on certain people. Right. It's easy to look in at somebody than to help yourself. Yeah, I, I see that. And you well, also don't know what someone's been through, so you don't know why they are the way they are, so it's easier to critique it. Right. There's no context. <clears throat> exactly. I feel like you're doing okay now. I, I Listen, I'm doing well. I'm doing good in the, spa, in, the, in the fact that I'm not miserable. I'm not, you know, I'm trucking and I have hope. Which makes oh. this next conversation even harder because me and Chris have been thinking about maybe going solo <laughs> without you. <laughs> I know. You know what I always say? We don't think to look at home, but we were just considering. I know how much fun right. I'm having doing this. If you guys were to leave me, I would make it my competition and I would just try and go solo and beat you guys. Like, uh, well, he's outgrowing like the, the podcast. Guy? He's a parent now. <laughs> I'm a parent. Oh, he's a parent. I'm not an adult baby. Parent podcasting. Corona parent. has turned me into a parent. You should do a podcast about what it's like to be a parent. Oh, I would love that so much. <laughs> Dude, I, I should do it. I should just do We should do an episode on what it's like to be a parent now. Just I the know. three of us idiots talking about what it's like to be a parent. <laughs> it's difficult, man. You know, sometimes they, uh, 
I don't know. That's <laughs> where I'm at. You know what's funny, though? We were so worried about talking, and then you get me going, and I can talk about myself and not shut up forever. No, that's why we no, went it's, to it. It's good, know. though. It is. But, you know, unfortunately, it's going to be the last episode with you, so I'm glad we got all that out of you now. Well, yeah, and I like to give people a little background into why – a little background of why I am the way I am. People need – see, I, see, I didn't know that. I spend a lot of time with you, and yeah. I didn't know that. And I take for granted that you didn't know that because yeah. it's not that I'm. It's not that I wouldn't tell you about it. I assume everybody knows. Most just, people, yeah. yeah, a lot of people. Do. Most people I hang around in the circle that I'm in know about it. I was never. I never kept it to myself. I always used it as a joke, and people joked about it with me as like a crutch. Like you know, if you can't beat it, join it. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's. it's... So, I, you know, I, 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 it was funny because I used to drive so much prior to that. B knows. I drove everywhere to colleges. I would always be on the road. And then when it hit, I couldn't drive to fucking five minutes away. I called my aunt once because I was on Hempstead Turnpike, two lights away from my house. And I was sitting in traffic and I was bugging out because it was dead stop traffic. And I, I got so, I would get nervous when I was in a, a place where I felt like I couldn't get out. So if you're in traffic, okay. okay. When you're in traffic, I can't just get out of my car and leave. That's I'm gonna have to wait for this light. I would have to do red lights. I mean, I would lose my mind. I would do the same thing where I would, I would start fidgeting, roll down the window. Yeah, so and that, and that's why I didn't want to go to family parties because when we travel for a holiday, you got to sit in traffic for hours. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I would tell my parents, if I have an anxiety attack and we're stuck on the Belt Parkway going to fucking Staten Island. And I'm sitting in there for hours. Like, I can't physically go through that. So it was I, more about the traffic than it was. It was, the, it was about the traveling. It See, wasn't I, like... It's, totally it's, is it about it. being stuck in just being, I can't get out of this car? Yeah, basically. Or what happens if I have a heart attack and I'm in traffic? How's the police going to get to me? These are the thoughts that go into somebody's head who's having anxiety and panic attacks. Right. Completely irrational thoughts you know it's it's so weird i uh with all this coronavirus going on i've been doing nothing but doing like uh talking to people through the skype and and phone things through the skype i've done zoom today but um i was on a podcast last night a few nicks and bruises and uh and i was talking about my anxiety and a big thing was the was the traffic and red lights and and stopping and feeling like I, I couldn't get out do you want me to really spit some knowledge on you yes so after years of therapy and i think it's kind of why i am able to travel now is because my therapist after years of knowing me and my history and my family it was one of those things that most people won't want to come out and talk about but fuck it Part of that anxiety of wanting to leave is it's all symbolism, right? So what is it when you're having issues leaving something? You're afraid of moving on, growing up, what your career or future may hold. So my anxiety started when I stayed home and went to SUNY Farmingdale for my first two years at high school. I was about to go away and live with one of my friends at Dowling the next year. So I was going to be on my own. Yeah. I had all intentions of going away to Dowling out east. But not that, like, yeah, it's not far, but we were going to live out east. 
You were going to go all the way to Islip? My point is just living on. I'm not saying it. This is my whole point, though. Just being out on your own and not, you know, you're nervous. Yeah. Yeah. You have self-doubt on whether you could you know, be successful or whatever. Yourself or, you know, yeah, I mean, whatever the insecurities yeah. may be. And once you start realizing that, you know, yeah, you could do these things or that you maybe you're having some doubts instead of being this guy who thinks he's ready to take on the world when maybe, you know, you got to get smacked in the face first. Like, I wonder if that was the same sort of thing with me. Cause it I'm was, not saying it was your thing, but no, we found but out that, that once I realized I, and started I talking about that, maybe I was scared of, you know, what, what I was going to do with myself, that that's why I was able to, it, your body almost physically stops you from being able to do anything. Cause that's the anxiety. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It yeah, does yeah. make sense. But my so, thing with that disappeared just as fast as it came, which I'm like, most I don't know. people, but this is where my obsessiveness comes in. My OCD drags these things off. Somewhere else. Where most people who get anxiety, because after I started getting it, a lot of people I know would call me when they had issues. But yeah. these weren't I've neurotic people. Yeah, but they weren't neurotic people like me. So they were able to have an attack and move past it or push through it, and it really didn't show itself as much as mine did, or it wasn't debilitating. Right. You know, they would have it, but they would push through it. I obsess, and then it, it you know, there was shows in a lot of ways. And this isn't even, like, in a bad way, but it, it is, like, the same brain mechanism, I feel like, when you obsess about, like, a Facebook post. Yeah. Like whatever it is that makes you keep going back to talking about that Facebook post, whatever that brain mechanism is, that's totally that anxiety that you have. Yes, bro. It's me. I, I obsess about everything. When I, when I do something, I'm all in. I smoke pot. I don't smoke a little bit. Whenever I smoke, it was, I smoke a ton or I smoke nothing. Right. You're barbecued or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm either smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or I'm not smoking. Okay. I'm not smoking too. And I've been like that, you know, when I cheer for my teams, I'm, I love my team or I don't watch it. Right. Like hockey, I don't watch. I don't half-ass anything. I'm either all in <laughs> or I'm all out. And it's like that with every yeah. aspect of my life. So for me, when I started getting anxiety, it turned into me just like everything. I, I would obsess about everything. That's why I had the stomach issue. That's why, you know, m my mind just takes on a life of its own. Yeah. We're all crazy in our own way. And crazy. I've accepted it. And, and now that I'm much more self-aware of it, it's why I, my anxiety. <clears throat> so like I was talking to my therapist today and he even said, he goes, you seem very good with everything. And I was telling him how obsessive I am about cleaning. I was showing him my hands. And even though I still have those obsessive qualities with everything that's going on now, it may seem like I'm in panic mode, but I'm really like, if this was when I was having my anxiety, dude, I would be a lot worse. And honestly, you're probably washing your hands as much as we should all be washing our hands. And dude, I looked at his hands yesterday. It looked like sandpaper. Ask him. Yeah, I showed B because I thought it was funny. My, the back of my hand looks like you took sandpaper and rubbed it across, and now there's just little red dots. <laughs> you could, you so could smooth out an oak tree with the back of your hand these days. I would show it on here, but it doesn't really do it justice. Not you can't really good. tell. No. But, yeah, that's my life. That's I'm sticking to it. And, um, you know, I don't regret anything, as though it hasn't been easy. Like, and, and that's what I was basically getting at. Because of, like I told you, I came from a good family, and I've had privileges in a lot of ways. It's not always easy, as, as easy as everybody's lives thinks it is. Like, people oh. have issues regardless of the situation. And everything's relative. So it's like, you know, 
it's that argument like rich people shouldn't be depressed or something like that. But like that, you know, they have their issues too. They're just different than yours, but they have issues. Exactly. Too. Like it's not. <laughs> there are friends of mine who have had much harder upbringings than mine and are doing better. And but it, it's all relative. So it's exactly. Not, but yeah. I don't ever look at it like, oh, they're better than me because they, you know, like you said, everybody has their own issues. I know plenty of people who've came from nothing and worse situations who are doing great. And people who've had good lives, you know, it, it's everything is relative, like you said, and everybody has their own issues. Nobody's life is perfect. No, nobody. Even though Facebook perfect. tells you so, it's not. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But that's how I am with everything, though. Like you said with posts. When I see something that bothers me, it's hard for me to let it go. And I'm working on that. No, but it, it's <laughs> interesting because it's like the same mechanism that makes you, like, obsess over that. I, I found that it very is. interesting. Yeah, when my buddy passed away, I hated everybody that I felt was against him. There's a lot of shit that I don't want to get into. It's not for radio, like personal stuff that was like, you pick sides. And everybody who I felt was on his, against him, I've written off. To this day, I have not gotten over it. And I don't like people because of it. And I'm trying to get past it. Listen, I'm not perfect. I realize that. Um, this is one of the things I'm working on in therapy is getting rid of my anger towards it. I feel like I've never had closure with the situation. So there's a lot of anger and animosity towards a lot of individuals. And yeah. it's stuff that I'm trying to get past. And it's why I am, I think, as angry as I am. Makes sense. So hey, It's good you're going for it, though. It's oh, yeah. Listen, like yeah. you said, I have hope. And without hope, what do you have? Exactly. Like, what's the point of really living... And I'm not trying to be like so philosophic, like philosophizer. One thousand percent right, though. What's the what's the point of living if you're gonna throw in the towel? That's right. Like you know, if I'm gonna just sit here, you know, you might as well fucking. If you're not always trying to do better, why are you here? Yeah, what's the purpose? So like, even though I'm backed up and you know I'm in a corner now and things are not going good, you still gotta try. That's it, buddy. Because like you said, you never know. This podcast could take off tomorrow. I can fucking win the lotto. You never know. Things you can change. Know. Yeah, or it could end. So either way, man. And like I always say, there's people who are in my situation who aren't going to therapy, who aren't trying to help themselves or better themselves. And they're just like, this is me and that's it. Well, and like there's a lot of people, <laughs> even if they are going to therapy, that aren't as um, like introspective and who will be able to sit down and have a conversation about like, I don't handle this well. Yeah, and like be able to acknowledge the fact that they don't handle it well. That's yeah, it. and everybody wants to come off like they're the best at everything, and I do come off like that sometimes. But a lot of times, I'm joking and sarcastic. People who don't know me think I'm arrogant. I've been called arrogant, and I'm so far from it. But I am very opinionated, you, you and I know an it's arrogant mask. What you wear an arrogant mask? Yes, I am a lot different <laughs> when you really get to know me than I come off to be. Of course, but you know, for somebody that doesn't know you, they would think you're arrogant. Yes, I agree. I but come off as a completely. Like, is it a defense mechanism? What is it? It's probably a defense mechanism. I couldn't tell you. I'm mean, listen. I'm still learning about myself every day. We all are. I am very um, self-aware of my flaws or things that are not necessarily appealing to people, like my my need for a debate or willingness to argue. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a work in progress all right, but part good. of that makes me who I am and I don't want to lose all of it no I think you know stay who you are 
to a certain extent. Yeah, but, the, you know, you could always stay who you are you and still improve certain are, but get things. It. Yeah, just upgrade. Exactly. Let me upgrade you. Dick needs an upgrade. Just like that. That's all it is. I need an update. Do you have any picks for us? I do. Are we at that point of the podcast, or? I have no long how long yeah. we've, I've been bullshitting I, for. This thing, I could talk about like it, myself for hours. Hold on. This thing doesn't have a counter, so I think we're at like an hour and 20. All right. Yeah, yeah I we think need... we started around 7.30, and it's about 8.40 now. I'm yeah, actually doing another good. one soon, so. Uh, all right, let's all right. wrap it up. Why don't we? So, my three picks, I'm going to have to fuck with the video here for a second. That's People, okay. will, deal. People yeah. will deal with it. The yeah. first one I know is the stand-up from Burt Kreischer. Yes. Burt Kreischer. Kreischer. Yeah. It's called Hunter calls him. He has no way. By the way, Chris, the other yesterday he texted me. He's like, he's like, this guy is so underrated. A guy with a Netflix Bert Kreischer. Is underrated. Well, here's what I say he's underrated. But no, I still think he's underrated because I don't think he's a common name for people who for if you're funny. not if you're not into comedy. You don't know who he is. I'm okay. sorry. But he's hugely he's show on Travel Channel for years, though. He drives a bus with his face on it. He's there's so I many comics underrated. But either way, his new fucking comedy special I just on Netflix. This new comic no one's ever heard of. It's his <laughs> third fucking special too. Yeah, I mean, you understand why? You understand why it bothers me when people like this brand new comic showed up out of nowhere. I'm it's like his third yeah. special. <laughs> Well, it's it's I guess. called Hey It's called Hey Big Boy. Hey Big Boy. Have you and ever seen The Machine? I I saw all of his. I he's one of my favorite comics. Oh, I just okay. felt like he wasn't big what what I never hear anybody talk about him as one of the best around. And I think in my personal He probably won't. He's a great he's a great storyteller. That's what I I think he's he's in my type of comedy. He's, he's one hilarious. of my favorites. He's great. All right, yeah, I, I would say that. And, and for me personally, he's top five. Great storyteller. He is. Yeah. And this new special is like three or four stories, and they're fucking hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. Like, I couldn't help it but Tech B, and I almost wanted him to watch it with me because I wanted to hear his input on it. But he does this bit, like, right in the beginning about Starbucks, and it just it had me rolling. He did one about being a parent of his daughter with a, when she gets her period. Dude, it's, he's hilarious. He's and he does all his specials with no shirt, and he's fat, and I love it. It's awesome. And on, uh, so he was just on The Fighter and the Kid this week. I don't know if you guys listened to that. Was he? Yeah, and it was really cool because they talked about, um, like, his process for picking which uh, jokes would go first. Because Netflix, like, the way uh, it works, apparently, is a lot of people tune out after 30 minutes. So he talked about having to reformulate his set to basically do his closer first. And then, really, yeah, so it, I would listen to that. All chicks talk about it was really cool. his, his opener, which was his closer. So, but his closer, I thought, was better. Yeah, well, yeah, well so they that, talk a lot about the dynamic. It's, it's so it was basically one story from another to another, it wasn't a bunch of jokes, it was one story that was hilariously told. Yeah, he started the whole special off though with a quick, like, two, like a two hitter joke. And it was fucking hilarious. And then he got into the story. So he talks about that joke, too. You guys got to listen to that. It was really cool because they, they got into, like, the industry talk. for like What, about the gender joke? The gender-neutral bathroom? Uh, he didn't give away the joke. He just oh, talked okay. about, like, the formulation of the joke. Okay. Yeah. 
I got to listen to it then. Definitely worth listening to. It was one of the better, even like of comics who I think are funnier, it was one of the better comic specials on Netflix I've seen. Nice. All right. So that was that one, Burt Kreischer. And um, the next one, B, I'm going to give you credit. I I watched a movie that B told me to watch. Yes. And I thought it was surprisingly very good. I knew you would like it. It reminded me of that old school 90s sort of. It did. Dance, it was sort of like under the um, radar. It was like what's the fucking movie with the uh, uh, where they get the beer for the? No, what's the fucking um with Jonah Hill and uh, the fucking they're going to get the beer with the cops? Super bad. Super bad. Super bad. Oh. It reminded me of Super bad, but instead of a group of friends, it was a weirder like a uh, dynamic between the two friends. But it's called Big Time Adolescence. It's with Pete Davidson. I hate Machine Gun Kelly, but he was excellent in it. He was great in it. It was, it was just a very good um, show, a movie. And I'm not and it's on Hulu. Not, like I said, I'm not a big Pete Davidson fan. I like him. I think he's super talented. But you could see, like, him acting. Like, he could – he'll do really well in just acting because he plays who he is very well. He's a better actor than I think he is a comedian, personally. He's a great comedian, but that special was a little off. I, I thought the special was decent, but I just think he's a better – I think he's talented. I think he's like a writer, actor, more than he is a comedic performer. Yeah. I mean, is that – I don't know. But it's a great movie. It's basically yeah. about a high school kid who becomes friends with his sister's older ex-boyfriend, and they have like a weird relay. It's, it's good. It's a very good movie. Hulu, Big Time Adolescence. The last one I'm going to recommend today, and um, I think it's great because of what's everything that's going on in the world today. I think social um, experiments are pretty funny. So this is called 100 Humans, Life's Questions Answered. What did you think? I liked it. I really liked it. It's fun fun to watch. It's a it's fun to watch, and basically what they do is they take 100 people and they take these social norms and questions that are going on that people debate, like, are women smarter than men or, you know, stupid shit like that, and then they have them do these weird experiments that they record. Yes. Okay. And then they show the results, and they kind of basic, if they kind of judge if it's true or not. I thought it was and good. It's just very interesting. They do my favorite one is on episode four. It's about how biased people are. And they do this shooting um, drill where they have different people come up with either a cell phone or a gun. And they have to basically shoot them or not shoot them. And it's if people will kill a minority as opposed to a white person. Wow. And if, it's, and if it's a subconscious thing, you know, not necessarily racist, because I don't want to give it away. Just watch it. Right. But the results were, were great. Like, it okay. was a, and the, the whole show is like that. Just different shit. It was I interesting. Want to see it. It. And it's innocent. You know, with all the shit that's going on, it's not depressing. It's like a lighthearted thing about social, um, you know, norms and stuff. But I don't know. It was very good. And that's my third, th- uh, third Wait, thing. It's 100 Humans, 100 Life's years. Questions Answered. Awesome. I want to check that out. And it's on Netflix. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was good. So those are my three recommendations. And uh, 
yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, if you guys made it this far. Guys, if you made it this far. This we can't even plug anything, B, because you're not going to be doing anything. I'll be doing a lot of stuff from this computer. But we're also, so for all of our fans, you guys got nothing to do. Review us, listen to us, comment. We're going to be as interactive as ever, and uh, we're going to try and plug out more episodes because nobody's got anything to do. Yeah, why not, right? A couple of uh, coronavirus updates here and there. Yeah, so everybody out there, stay safe. We love you. Sorry for the sound. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to improve this as time goes. And uh, and maybe you know, give us feedback. If you guys want to write in and, and give us any ideas of what Yeah, if you do. guys have any ideas for us, to, anything you want us to talk about, like now's the time. Give us feedback. Any questions? We, maybe, maybe send in what you're going through. Is there any issues? Like, what do you – how are you spending your quarantine, you know? Yeah, we'd love to hear people's stories about what they're doing, things they've come across, anything, anything. I mean, everybody's home. Let's be interactive. Yeah, let's all uh, be in touch, guys. I had a lot of fun seeing you guys uh, over the World Wide Web tonight. There was a lot yes. of fun. Yes. And, uh, you know, again, if you guys made it this far, we love you all. Wash your hands. Stay safe. And thank you guys for listening always. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace.